Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. Hey, it's Jesse Waters from Fox News Channel. Hope to see you at my Ag Night on November 2nd. It's going to be a night you will not want to miss. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture, a better way where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humix Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. More than 300 school food leaders, farmers, and educators joined California First Partner Jennifer Seibel Newsom, California Department of Food and Agriculture Secretary Karen Ross, and the Alice Waters Institute at the 2023 California Farm to School Conference, which was held last week. Strengthened through CDFA's Farm to School Network and California's recent investments of $100 million in CDFA's Farm to School Grant Program, attendees celebrated the expansion of Farm to School programs across California. Partners also networked for opportunities to collaboratively improve school food and continue to build local, resilient food systems. The conference featured educational panel discussions, a farm-to-school vendor fair, farm tours, a farmer's market lunch, and a conversation between first partner Jennifer Seibel Newsom and CDFA Secretary Karen Ross, who has advocated farm-to-school for decades. Also at the conference, eight California school districts were honored by the Center for Eco-Literacy with California Food for California Kids 2023 Leadership and Innovation Awards, including Fort Bragg Unified School District, Fresno USD, Natomas USD, San Miguel Joint Union School District, Santa Ana USD, Santa Clara USD, Sweetwater Union High School District, and Tahoe Truckee USD. Each school district's nutrition director accepted an award and received recognition for their outstanding accomplishments in school nutrition and farm-to-school programs. To get involved in CDFA's farm-to-school program or learn more about the California Farm-to-School Incubator Grant Program, visit the California Department of Food and Agriculture website. Some Ventura County lemon growers that were already impacted by unprofitable returns for their fruit now face the added cost of regulatory quarantine because of Wang Longbing, the citrus disease that is sweeping across Southern California. Though all detections were in residential trees, the five-mile quarantine zone stretches into commercial citrus encompassing farms and two citrus packing sheds. The quarantine rules set in place a series of mitigation measures aimed at slowing the spread of HLB. Those measures aren't without additional costs. Casey Creamer, president of California Citrus Mutual, says quarantine rules will add costly procedures to growers within the zone. Those protocols include several steps to prevent movement of ACP insects. For growers within the zone shipping to a packing shed also within the quarantine zone when mitigation step must be completed. One grower who farms within the Ventura County quarantine but ships to a processor outside the quarantine said this will add up to $700 an acre in harvest costs. The industry is currently working with state officials on the best mitigation steps to protect the state's multi-billion dollar citrus industry, according to Creamer. 
Researchers at the University of California, Davis, have developed a web application to help farmers and industry workers use drones and other uncrewed aerial vehicles, or UAVs, to generate the best possible data. By helping farmers use resources more efficiently, this advancement could help them adapt to a world with a changing climate that needs to feed billions. Associate Professor Alareza Peruza, director of the UC Davis Digital Agriculture Lab and a postdoctoral researcher who recently completed his doctorate in biological systems engineering under Perusa designed the Win to Fly app to make drones more proficient and accurate. Specifically, the platform helps drone users avoid glare-like areas called hotspots that can ruin collected data. Drone users select the date they plan to fly, the type of camera they are using, and their location, either by selecting a point on a map or by entering coordinates. The app then indicates the best times of that specific day to collect crop data. The researcher said that using this app for drone imaging and data collection is crucial to improve farming efficiency and mitigate agriculture's carbon footprint. Receiving the best data, like what section of an orchard might need more nitrogen or less water, or what trees are being affected by disease, allows producers to allocate resources more efficiently and effectively. A hotspot happens when the sun and the UAV are lined up in such a way that the drone is between a viewable area of the camera's lens system and the sun. The drone takes photos of the earth, and the resulting images have a gradual increase in brightness towards a certain area. That bright point is called the hotspot. They're a problem because high levels of overlap is required and observed differences in a calibrated images need to come solely from plant differences. Again, the app is when to fly with a number two. Mark Marcini, who combined his vocation as a Union Island farmer and a leader of the California asparagus industry with service as a school trustee on three levels, has been inducted posthumously into the San Joaquin County Agricultural Hall of Fame. He died on July 7th of 2018 and was one of six Agriculture Hall of Fame inductees to be recognized for achievements in agriculture and community activities at the 38th Annual Ag Hall of Fame Banquet held recently at the Robert Cabral Ag Center at Stockton Metropolitan Airport. Accepting the award plaque on behalf of the Marcini family was his cousin, Nanette Martin of Martin Farms in Tracy. Marcini was a third-generation farmer who followed in the footsteps of his grandfather, Marco, and Father Angelo, and in partnership with his brother, Paul. After graduating in 1960 from Tracy High School, where he was active in FFA, he attended Modesto Junior College and then returned to Union Island to join the family farming operation, headed by his father, Angelo, and uncle, Bruno, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2010. In 1983, he and his father and brother formed Marcini and Sons, later called A&M Farms, growing mostly asparagus and wine grapes. The Marcini operations were at the forefront of the move towards mechanized harvesting of canning tomatoes. In addition, A&M Farms participated in a number of University of California Cooperative Extension Service research projects aimed at improving asparagus cultivation practices, varietal development, pest and disease eradication, and mechanization. They were among the first farmers in the area to plant a vineyard. Marcini served as chairman of the California Asparagus Commission, as a board member of the Stockton Asparagus Festival, and a member of the Roberts Union Farm Center. In 2003, he was named Tracy Agriculturalist of the Year. He represented the California asparagus industry as a board member of the National Asparagus Council as well. In addition to farming, he carried out a strong interest in education, serving on the boards of Delta Island, Tracy High, and Tracy Unified School Districts. Join us for an unforgettable evening with Jesse Waters co-host of Fox News at the International Agri-Center in Tulare, California. Tickets are extremely limited for this one-night-only experience, and they will sell out. Hey, it's Jesse Waters from Fox News Channel. Hope to see you at my Ag Night on November 2nd. It's going to be a night you will not want to miss.
Don't miss your only chance to see Jesse Waters here in the heart of California on November 2nd. Reserve your spot now at myaglife.com forward slash myagnite. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. Would encourage those right now to go out and get that coverage and get that potential funding for the the damages that were taken from from the crop. There are dollars there and there is this opportunity that certainly we we did not expect. Josh Ram, Director of Technical and Regulatory Affairs with the California Walnut Boarding Commission, talking about emergency relief for last season finally coming in now for growers and being applicable to walnuts. Those details were just announced, uh, including over $3.74 billion in assistance for farmers impacted by natural disasters in 22, such as the September heat wave that severely impacted our industry and walnuts. The ERP 2022 program will be administered through two tracks. They're referred to as track one and track two. The first track will use a streamlined process with pre-filled application forms that'll provide payments for eligible crop losses and tree losses where data are already on file with FSA or your farm service agency or the risk management agency or RMA as a result of the producer previously receiving a non-insured crop disaster assistance program or NAP payment or indemnity under certain federal crop insurance policies for a loss in the same year that could have been affected by a qualifying disaster event. So that is the the first phase or first track. Uh, Track two is separate and will provide payments for eligible crop and tree losses through a revenue-based approach that using data provided by eligible producers on application forms and to be intended to fill additional assistance gaps and cover those eligible producers who did not participate in the existing risk management programs. Now, it's also important to note the producers with losses that are eligible for for track one may apply for track one, track two, or both tracks. However, the track two payment calculation will take into account any payments the producer receives under track one to ensure a producer is not receiving duplicate benefits under both tracks. Also of note, Ram said to receive 2022 ERP payments, growers must purchase crop insurance or MAP coverage for the next two crop years. Full eligibility details and payment calculation factors are available at the Relief Program website and through local FSA offices. It's encouraged to please act now. Please be working with your local FSA offices starting 
the end of October or October 31st, the growers will be able to apply for the program. It's encouraged, again, that all impacted, affected growers collect their required documentation as soon as possible and work with local FSA office to submit that in the forms. We, we know there's a, a large demand nationwide for funding and, and is very high, so it will be important to submit your paperwork as soon as possible. There's no deadline specifically determined for now, that'll be announced at a later date, but again, the, the sooner the better. As I mentioned, there's more information through your local FSA offices, or go ahead and please visit walnuts.org and see the resources and assistance page for more emergency disaster relief updates with direct links to program information. You'll also see a comprehensive list of assistance and incentive programs for walnut growers, haulers, dehydrators, and processors that are currently available from the governmental agencies and organizations across the U.S. and California. If there's any further questions about these programs, you can please contact myself at jrahm at walnuts.org. Ram covered more specifically what some of the funding opportunities are for producers, as well as limits. There's, there's certain cap limits at $125,000 and then even up to $900,000 given some adjusted gross income parameters. I would deflect some of those things to the, the tax and, and accountant folks and as well as the FSA officials. But there's an opportunity here. There's funding. Last year's crop quality, we had a severely negative impact from the heat wave in 2022. So would encourage those right now to go out and get that coverage and get that potential funding for the, the damages that were taken from, from the crops. So certainly encourage that and being able to work with all those key parties I mentioned, but there are dollars there and there is this opportunity that Certainly, we, we did not expect last year's heat wave and extreme heat that put a large damper on our quality, but we want to encourage those to get some relief for that and advocated and work towards that strongly throughout the year. On the last Walnut Regulatory Update, Ram touched on the improved crop quality expected for this season. Now, on the back end of harvest, things are still looking good. 2023 crop is is looking great. We all signs pointed towards that heading into harvest with the trees enjoying the winter and spring rains and a very healthy soil profile for good growth. The extended canopy coverage was great in aiding and shading the walnuts, ensuring optimal quality on the trees. Uh, we've seen that trend continue through harvest with uh, Great color, light, extra light colors across a number of varieties. We're, we're on the back end of harvest now, uh, wrapping things up here in November. And everything uh, is certainly looking much, much better than what we saw in the last year. So very excited about that and, and for the future and getting the best quality walnuts on the planet here in, in California in the Central Valley and looking forward to that getting uh, throughout the supply chain so everyone can experience uh, a great product. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. 
supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. As most producers know by now, disaster aid payments are almost always at least a year and a half after the actual disaster. With that in mind, USDA has detailed enrollment for more than $3 billion to both commodity and specialty crop producers who are affected by 2022 natural disasters under the Emergency Relief Program 2022. At least 210,000 producers who receive crop insurance indemnities are eligible for disaster payments. 2022 was a costly year for losses, though most were made up by crop insurance. The American Farm Bureau Federation last March cited total crop losses in 2022 at $21.5 billion, the majority of which were due to drought and wildfires. Congress last December provided $3.7 billion in aid for producers tied to 2022 disasters. Recently, the White House sent a package to Congress requesting $2.8 billion to help producers with 2023 disaster losses. ERP 2022 will help with losses involving crops, trees, bushes, and vines for natural disasters in 2022. Several natural disasters qualify, including wildfires, hurricanes, floods, derechos, excessive heat, tornadoes, winter storm, freezes, smoke exposure, excessive moisture, qualifying drought, and related conditions. While applications are open, it is unclear exactly when USDA will issue the actual payments. An American Farm Bureau Federation official says just a short-term extension of maybe a few weeks will be needed to write a new farm bill, but complains that lawmakers should have done their job already. If I was king for the day, uh, we wouldn't need an extension. Congress would actually do their job and would have had this done before September 30th. That's American Farm Bureau Federation Managing Director of Government Affairs, Ryan Yates. With the margins that we have in Congress, Republicans and Democrats have to work together to get a farm bill done. I'm convinced, despite the distances between chair and ranking in both the Senate and the House Ag Committees, that they can come together, that they can find a way to get past these differences and get a farm bill done. But with just a few legislative weeks left to the year and a new speaker facing many other challenges. Congress can do what they want. If Congress needs more time, they'll give themselves an extension to get the job done, just like they do uh, with the appropriations process. If they run out of time, they'll get a CR. If, if they get a, If they need to give an extension, get an extension. Yates says he's hearing in the House circles that only a few extra weeks may be needed, not the one-year extension that the Senate Ag leaders are considering with a presidential election year coming up. In the meantime, Yates says the Farm Bureau will continue to press lawmakers to, as he puts it, do their job and get a farm bill done as soon as possible. The USA has released a report on carbon markets. USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford has the story. A new USDA report on the role of agriculture and forestry in carbon markets says those markets right now show a lot of promise in providing a possible new income stream for farmers, but... The report outlines some problems and barriers keeping farmers from being able to fully participate in those markets. USDA Undersecretary Robert Bonney says there is certainly a lot of interest in carbon markets and climate-smart production. You see a lot of interest from companies that buy commodities in greening their supply chain. You see producer groups, whether it's folks in cotton or beef or elsewhere, that are interested in marketing the climate-smart practices that go along with their commodities. 
However, the USDA report says currently farmers face barriers to actually participating in carbon markets themselves, barriers such as limited returns on investment because of high transaction costs, including costs of accurately measuring and reporting greenhouse reductions. The USDA report says, however, having a detailed look at the barriers will help federal agencies come up with solutions. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The landscape of land ownership has evolved over the past 25 years as a generational transfer of ownership takes place. A Farmers National Company report says the strong ag economy has driven a market higher for several years. Most landowners have seen steady increases in value during the past 25 years, but especially within the past three years. FNC says one market dynamic farmers can always count on is change. Politics, world events, and other factors will continue driving change in the agriculture economy and land values over the next 25 years. Generational transfer of land ownership will continue bringing changes to who owns a land. One constant in a market is the fact that they aren't making more land available. FNC says the U.S. loses an average of 1.8 million acres of farmland every year, which will only add to the limited supply available and more change in the marketplace. The John Deere Foundation has announced a series of grants totaling $19 million aimed at eliminating hunger by increasing access to food, helping resource-constrained farmers, and supporting global food systems. The grants go to the World Food Program USA, the One Acre Fund, and the Nature Conservancy. They firmly believe that the world's farmers deserve their collective support and advocacy if the goal is to realize the promise of the Green Revolution. That according to Josh Jepson, Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer at Deere. The World Food Program received $5 million to strengthen the capacity of the United Nations World Food Program, the world's largest humanitarian organization. One Acre Fund was awarded $7.5 million to accelerate its work to ensure every family farm has the knowledge and means to be successful. The Nature Conservancy received $6.5 million to promote natural climate solutions like forest restoration and conservation in key regions around the world. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast and live and virtual events jcs marketing has the reach to inform educate and influence growers in the western united states everywhere you go you see west coast nut magazine on every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything that's that it's there so they're reading our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 